Hi, this is Laura Camacho, and welcome to episode 91 of the Speak Up podcast of Mixonian Institute. And today's special guest is Miss Megan Aldridge Chapman, and she is a vice president. She doesn't look old enough to be a vice president, but she's vice president of regional treasury sales of the Maris Bank. And uh, Megan has lived in several parts of the country, but she's been in Charleston a few years, and she has the interesting experience of having worked with one of the nation's largest humongous banks, Wells Fargo, and then now she is with a smaller but very aggressively growing bank. They keep, every time I talk to her, they're making new acquisitions, which is exciting, and she's our first banker guest, so welcome to the podcast, Megan. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited to be the first banker. Yes. It's taken you 91 episodes to find me. <laughs> That's true. Well, I only started having guests probably 20 episodes ago, but still, okay. that was, uh, it did take me. I'm a little slow, I guess, on the financial circles. Also, I think that the finance people are not too eager to be interviewed. That'll <laughs> We're, t- we're typically boring bankers, but I don't <laughs> consider myself a boring banker. <laughs> you are you are not. You are definitely not. You're very sparkly and chipper and cheery. So well, thank you. Yeah. So we're just gonna jump right in, Megan. And I appreciate so much your sharing yourself with our audience and uh, the what started the interview mm, format was I realized that I had been, you know, typical communication coach slash former professor just droning on and on and on about all the different aspects of communication and how interesting it is to hear other people's experiences. And, you know, we all have conversations that we wish had gone differently. So why don't you share uh, some, a conversation that you learned something from that maybe didn't go as well as you wanted? Yeah. So in banking, it is interesting. I get to have some of those, I get to have some of the best conversations when you're with a new business owner and they're starting up and you're helping them build a business or helping them grow or merge. But then you also have those really tough, sticky conversations where, you know, maybe necessarily we can't, you know, provide a loan for them due to personal reasons. So you get you get the highs and the lows, that's for sure. And and anytime you're talking about money, especially personally or even, you know, from an to an entrepreneur, it can get can get pretty pretty personal pretty fast. So I've definitely seen my my share of awkward conversations. <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. So and, and to your point, you know, I've I've had the privilege of working uh, with some, with a big bang and with a, a smaller rising community bank. And so I've gotten to see companies of all shapes and sizes, but there's one that really, this was a, a number of years ago. And, and I should preface that um, I've been in the position I'm in right now for about 12, I guess, yeah, I'm going on 12 years. So I've been in the treasury management role on the commercial side, um, really young into my my career. And um, a couple of years ago, uh, we were working with a 
pretty significant client. They're a very large organization and, and, you know, while you plan as well as you possibly can to ensure that the products and services you're executing go without a hitch and are flawless, that never seems to, to be the case. There's always that um, one thing that goes wrong. Well, in this particular case, it wasn't one thing that went wrong. It was, it was a whole darn boat fell apart and started sinking <laughs> and it was the boat it was the boat maker's fault it was the captain's fault and it was all the people on board so you had all three entities that really could could point the finger but you know at the end of the day when you're in sales um it doesn't matter whose fault it is uh ultimately at the end of the day it's your fault right so I uh, right, got on, but, right? <laughs> I, I want to ask you, Meg, are you talking literally about a boat or just? No. <laughs> okay. Figuratively <laughs> speaking. <laughs> like, wow, she lent money to a boat maker or something. No, okay. If, well, I'm trying to think one of their industries, they, they were multifaceted. I don't think they were in the boating industry, okay. funny enough. Any, every other industry they touched except um, maritime. He's a big, big <laughs> client, it sounds Yes, like. yes. And it was a, a project we were working on and, and building, and it just kind of collapsed <gasps> at the seams. And um, so, you know, it's always difficult. And I felt like every other day I was coming back to the client, tail tucked between my legs and just apologizing. Oh, and, you know, thing. yeah, so finally we got, we got the big boys on board from the client side and so we had, we had an audience and we had an audience from the bank and we had, you know, a bunch of high profile people from the client side. And this was kind of our try to save face conversation. Mm -hmm. And as well as I planned for that conversation and, and how I wanted to articulate the message, it just did not go over well. Mm -hmm. And they did not like anything I had to present. <laughs> and and being a female, when you invest so much time into something, you start taking it really personally. And, and I don't know what had just happened, but my feelings just got hurt. And oh. I know it wasn't an issue. It wasn't a me problem, but it really felt like it. And, and it took all, all of my strength to not collapse. And luckily, I had a really great partner with me who could hear the shake in my voice and and he yeah. was my Superman of the day and really jumped in and, mm -hmm. and helped kind of, you know, conclude the conversation. But, you know, hanging up the phone and, and being a, a female in a, you know, very heavily dominated male industry, you just kind of felt, I felt like a, a weak failure. And I wish, you oh. know, what could I have done better? Right. But you know what? It was, it, that was a time where, yes, the conversation stunk. I mean, it, I'm just going to say it sucked. And <laughs> I, my ego was bruised and I couldn't believe I would let my guard down. And, you know, especially in front of my coworker who was a, you know, very powerful male. Um, but it was a really good lesson for me to just kind of man up, realize yeah. that I have feelings and, and I took that and it really, it made me a stronger, a stronger person. Um, and two, 
he he looked at me differently because I always tried to put on that that strong front that right. I'm one of you. Yes. But uh, it really helped him, I think, see me from another side where I am a little softer than my my rough edge in in the office uh, portrays. Yeah, and I imagine that everybody in the conversation, despite the fact that it was you know unpleasant topic, uncomfortable situation, but I think from hearing it, that everyone felt it was important to you, that it mattered. It wasn't you were just flipping off everybody. And, you know, that that is a, not a bad thing. I mean, for people to know that you care so much that it, your voice is shaking, I mean, that in that situation, I, I think it um, that emotion can have value, even though it, it does, you just feel so vulnerable. Perfect word. Yes. Yep. And did your boss say anything to you afterward? Um, let me get, regain my composure and we debriefed, we debriefed on it. And you know, at the end of the day, it's business right. and don't really talk about feelings. <laughs> so we just debriefed and, and moved <laughs> forward. And, and that's yeah. kind of how, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I, I didn't want to talk about the elephant in the room where, which were my big crocodile tears. I wanted to talk about moving forward and, um, and he did it in a very uh, professional manner. So that's good. So he helped. So that's a good, good case of teamwork where he saw that there was uh, that he needed to step in and kind of uh, help you give you the space to regain composure and just move on and not make a big deal about it. Absolutely. Wow. Well, that, that does sound like it was definitely a challenging situation. And, and also I think, you know, um, when the situation, when it's stress over time, that the emotions come closer to the surface just because uh, you're kind of your cushion of support inside your brain and yourself is a little uh, worn away. And, and those emotions are just, closer and, and we women do get criticized for taking things too personally and sometimes that is a valid you know criticism because sometimes we're we can anybody can be annoying about taking a criticism that's meant to be helpful the wrong way on the other hand i do think that caring about your work and having that passion is so human and we don't want to ever lose that and just be little robots yeah, I agree. I would rather, I mean, I'd rather have the passion and let, let it shine than be very rigid. Um, yeah, I mean, I do, we, everybody puts a lot of time and effort into their, their day-to-day -day job. And, um, you know, a human can only take so much, so much lashing before right. you know, the, the, the welts start to show and the emotion right run so right and it, and it just shows your human side so i think that it, um it, it, i know you must have felt very bad and uncomfortable but i think it probably let everybody know that you were doing everything you possibly could so yeah. it's interesting because i think a lot of women in the audience will be able to relate to that i'm sure because we've all had that situation where don't they were told don't take it personally <laughs> like, i'm not i'm trying not to <laughs> i'm but, fine really 
Yes. Um, so there's that fine line between taking things too personally and then, because you always want to be able to accept feedback, but sometimes yeah. it's too much. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll change to a, to a less emotional conversation or maybe it was also emotional. Do you have another conversation that had a big impact on your life that you'd like to share with us? Um, well, you know, it's funny when you were, when you were introducing and you were talking about how, um, I've been in Charleston now a couple of years. I'm originally from West Virginia and I've, I've lived everywhere. Right. right. <laughs> and, yes. I remember. Um, <laughs> um, I've always been in the place I'm supposed to be, but probably the most prolific life changing conversation was the call I got. And I was in the D.C. area about coming down to Charleston. Um, that's probably the most prolific. That's very off topic. Uh, but I will say in my job, you really, from a financial standpoint, you have to be very black and white, uh, especially when it comes to credit decisions. And, and the decisions that are made can't, can't if it's a small business, it truly affects someone's you know, can affect their, the growth of their business or the, the lack of growth. And I've been very fortunate to make a lot of friends um, here in Charleston that have become clients. And uh, there's, you know, I've had a couple difficult conversations with some entrepreneurs where we tried to do a loan for them, but, you know, just couldn't because of a financial reason. And you have to be very blunt and straightforward and you can't sugarcoat it and it's hard to to let down you know a friend right and, and say listen you know we, we just we can't do it right um, and it's because of this reason and they really i mean you are they're letting their guard down um by providing this you know by providing their financial opening up their business to us so i've had a couple that have really not haven't been the fuzziest conversations, but at the end of the day, it's, it is business and it's, it's, it's going to help them grow as an individual yes. and as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And, and I think as people and as leaders, I mean, that's the kind of the point of this podcast and of my whole business is that we have to have these uncomfortable, awkward conversations. Either we have to let other people know who work for us that their work isn't, you know, quite what it needs to be. Or in your case, the financials, the numbers aren't where they need to be. And so many people are, you know, terrified or they're so afraid of ruffling feathers and making people upset that they don't have the conversations and then they hold themselves back professionally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yes. And Megan, since you're a financier, why don't uh, you tell us, like, you must have seen so many different business owners and business professionals. Like, what advice do you give people in communicating with their banker as they, you know, as a company grows where that relationship with the bank is an important one? Uh, what what have you seen that could possibly help the people in our audience to have a better relationship with their banks? Yeah, I, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think sometimes people, business owners especially and, and CFOs, 
uh, don't necessarily look to their bank as their, their number one resource. But being in the banking industry, we, we see, like, again, businesses of all shapes and sizes, we, you know, from the, you know, the bar op owner operator to the textile manufacturer to the automobile dealer. I mean, we, I mean, you name it, we, we see it and, you know, we are fortunate that we have connections in every industry. And I think as you, as a growing business, have those conversations with your bankers early and often. You know, even when you're starting your business, you obviously want to get really good legal advice. You want to have a, a solid CPA on your side. But then your your third, you know, your your third contact really should be the banker because the banker is going to help sit down and look at the finances um, and tell you exactly what what we can provide or what we what we see in the industry. What's doable? What's not doable? Um, my husband is, you know, he's starting his real estate firm and I keep telling him like, you need to have a best friend with an attorney, a CPA and your banker, which luckily I'm well, the banker part. Banker. Yeah. <laughs> Why Hopefully you got the banker part, but you know, it's like, we really need to find a, a solid CPA and a, and a attorney. So, um, practice what you preach, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that, that is great. So I have those conversations uh, early and often. I think, I think that is um, good advice. And I can say from being a business owner, it does feel scary to, you know, like open up the kimono and see, to show a pro finance professional, like this is how I pulled, you know, maybe I've used credit card debt or maybe yeah. I, you know, mixed my personal and, and business cash flows too much, you know, so you have to kind of be willing to share things that you're not, that you, that you don't think are necessarily the best practices, but it's what you had to do to make the business work, right? Exactly. It's almost like going in the middle of Times Square with no clothes on. It's what you <laughs> feel like. But you know what? It's only going to make you as a business owner and entrepreneur better when you have these you know, sound financial business people working behind you and helping grow and help you build success because your success ultimately is going to be everyone else's success. Exactly. And then getting that strong foundation to handle the ups and downs in our economy. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Megan. Is there any other communication advice you'd like to share? Things that have helped you professionally as a as someone who has been such a star in the banking industry? Um, from a, I, so for me, just moving so much in different areas, one thing I found is um, I'm no longer afraid to go to networking events by myself and shake people's hands and, and get to know them. I think, Laura, that's really how I connected with you is, Right. went to an event that someone invited me to so it's um it seems scary and it is scary but once you need to meet that first person it's it's such a breeze and that one person then can introduce you to another person and by the time you know it you have this phenomenal network of 
successful entrepreneurs and business leaders in the community such as yourself are so very fortunate that our paths have crossed yes um, i had forgotten about that but it was too we just kind of bumped into each other and both of us were open i mean i have learned it's certainly an acquired skill it is you're right it is scary to just start talking to somebody you don't know when you're not used to that but i mean every person represents another world of of knowledge and experiences and their own uh, personal network you just never know uh, what you're going to find in, in, in each new person that you meet well thank you so much for taking your time and for sharing your uh experiences and reliving what 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 was clearly not a fun experience uh, <laughs> in, in your career but it definitely made you stronger and I appreciate that. And um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you to talk about banking, Megan, what do you, where, where do you want people to reach out to you? Yeah. So I guess best way is would be on LinkedIn. I, uh, from the direction of a very wise communication coach, uh, I think you and Thomas both told me to keep my maiden name and my, my new married name. So I'm on LinkedIn at Megan Aldridge. Chapman. Awesome. And that's Aldridge with two L's. Two L's. And now you got this cool Mac mon monogram. Yes. <laughs> it's better than my old monogram, which was Ma. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. All right. Well, we're signing off until the next episode. So thank you for listening.